What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Takeover. I am your host, Donovan White. Not only continuing the bowl season previews for the Big Ten, but previewing uh, one of two of the biggest matchups of the season, one that we've been waiting for all season long, and that is the first round of the college ball playoff, Ohio State number four versus Georgia, number one undisputed number one team in the country. I'm excited to get into this one. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. But first, if you haven't, make sure you hit the subscribe button, get up-to-date con content and information from all across our channel, SEC, Big Ten, all of college football, all of NFL. You can see it scrolling down on your screen below. Uh, let's get rolling into this. So the line is Georgia minus seven. Uh, I think I saw it at minus six and a half. I don't think it got up to minus seven and a half at all. Stayed pretty consistent at minus seven. Over-under set at 62 and a half. The location is in Atlanta, Georgia, and it will be played on Saturday, December 31st, New Year's Eve at 8 p.m. right after TCU Michigan play. So the winner uh, of the, or excuse me, the Georgia Ohio State uh, co contestants will know who they are going to play if they win that game uh, because Michigan and TCU will be over by then. Let's get into some key storylines. Uh, Georgia rolled their way to the number one seed for, uh, you know, and rolled their way into the playoffs for a second straight year, deservedly so. They have dominated competition they struggled at times but who has it in college well there's not a flawless team uh, out there every team ohio state tcu michigan georgia have all struggled in certain games but georgia deservedly is the undisputed and undefeated number one team in the playoffs and sec champion for this year and ohio state on the other hand is not undefeated is not number one and not the big 10 champion uh, they lost for a second year in a row to their rival in michigan in the game and backdoored their way into the playoffs after getting uh, favor by U Utah, beating USC in the Pac-12 championship. But Ohio State has new life. If you hear from Coach Ryan Day, you hear from around the program, it sounds like they have new life. They have a new opportunity. There were guys that were going to opt out to go to the NFL draft or guys that were, you know, whatever, who were seniors going, okay, like this is it. Like I'm going to go play in the Sugar Bowl or, or something like that. And then they were watching the Utah-USC game, kind of realizing what could happen, and new life has been breathing that program. And we'll kind of get into what that means. And then Ohio State's playing in enemy territory. The game is in Atlanta, Georgia. And Georgia fans, what I'll, what I'll caution you in thinking is that this is going to be an all-Georgia crowd. It is going to be a lot of loud, loud, loud Georgia fans. What I'll tell you is that in my personal experience and opinion, Ohio State travels as well as anybody in the country. Go back and watch highlights of the 2002-2003 National Championship game, Ohio State versus Miami. And it was about 80 85% Ohio State fans there. They sell out. I would expect this game to be like a 60-40 Georgia split, maybe even 50-50. That's how well Ohio State fans travel. When we look at some of the, the key injuries for Ohio State, Georgia, there's not really there's not any opt-outs for this game. The only major one, and it's it's injury-related for Ohio State, is Jackson Smith and Jigba. A lot of Buckeye fans were hoping that he would be able to go for this game. And it sounded like, based off the comments from his dad said, from some optimism in the program that he could play in this game and was gearing up to, didn't seem to be the case. Young man is going to go prepare for the draft. All respect to him. He'll be out. It's a big blow for the Ohio State offense, but they haven't had him all year. Running back Trayvon Henderson, huge blow. Georgia fans, if you've watched Ohio State at all, Ohio State has a nice one-two punch with Mayan Williams and Trayvon Henderson at running back, and Henderson being out does not help them. They certainly do not have the depth of running back that Georgia has. And then right guard Matt Jones, who struggled quite a bit this year, especially in run in the run game, was hurt against Michigan, got hurt the week before, didn't play against Michigan, but it's been about a month, 
you know, five weeks by the time the game comes along, I expect him to play for Georgia. Uh, big name and wide receiver Lad McConkey dealing with right knee soreness the entire year and kind of re-aggravated against LSU, did not return in the second half. Listen to Kirby Smart's comments on him, as well as right tackle Warren McClendon, uh, who had another knee injury at some point. I'm not too sure if the SC Championship game or before that. Uh, didn't, you know, mince any words, but didn't uh, give any more specific details. Didn't go into detail about whether they would play. They're still waiting for updates. Didn't seem very hopeful with those two gentlemen, but we still have a few days left until the game. You never know. There's still a lot of treatment and rehab that can be done. Didn't sound too promising for them. But then wide receiver A.D. Mitchell, who's been out for a little bit, all the talent in the world, looks like he could be ready to go for this game as well. When we get into some of the stats for Ohio State and Georgia, this is where things get interesting. Uh, Ohio State is seventh in total offense. When they have the ball and the run offense, they're seventh in total offense. Georgia fans, if you've watched Ohio State, you know it all starts with C.J. Stroud and that passing offense. C.J. Stroud, 3,300 yards through the air this year, 66 completion rate, 37 touchdowns to six interceptions. Heisman finalist for a reason. He is the best quarterback in the Big Ten, one of the best players in the country, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the country, and a surefire top 15, maybe top 10, maybe top five uh, first-round draft pick in the NFL. They've got an all-American stud in wide receiver Marvin Harris Jr., the best wide receiver in the country, arguably the best player. We'll talk about kind of that dynamic a little bit with Jalen Carter and my old thoughts with that. Uh, 1,157 yards, 12 touchdowns. Wide receiver Mecca Buka runs the offense, runs through him as well, over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. And then tight end Cade Stover. I compare Cade Stover not to Darnell Washington because I think Washington is a better tight end, but similar talent-wise. I think Cade Stover uh, is the number one tight end for Ohio State but would be a number two tight end for Georgia like Darnell Washington is. And then in the run game, uh, with Trayvon Henderson out, it's going to rely on Mayan Williams, who's looking to be fully healthy for this game. It's being dinged up for a little while. He's got 817 yards on the season, 13 touchdowns. And then freshman Dallin Hayden, who kind of stepped up towards the end of the season, 510 yards, five touchdowns. Those two guys are going to be the focal point. Chip Trainum, uh, transfer from Arizona State, who was going to play linebacker, converted back to running back due to injuries, probably going to get some carries as well. And then Ohio State's fifth in sacks allowed. That's going to be a taller task against Georgia. You're mainly going to see left guard Donovan Jackson, who is a uh, true freshman, former five-star recruit, number one guard in the country, up against him. And Donovan Jackson has held his own, but he's still a young kid uh, with all the talent in the world. But Jalen Carter is a man amongst boys. And then right guard Matt Jones, presumably back in the lineup, who has struggled not only in the run game, as we mentioned, but in the pass game as well. That's a key matchup to watch as Matt Jones and Donovan Jackson versus Jalen Carter and that defensive front for Georgia. When Georgia has the when Georgia's on defense against Ohio State, they're eighth in total defense. They are first in rushing defense, mainly due to those guys up front. Jalen Carter is arguably the best player in the country. Surefire top five pick, if not number one overall, depending on who holds that pick. If it's the Texans, you need know, a quarterback, it's probably not going to be Jalen Carter. But if it's someone else, look for Jalen Carter to be the first player taken. Uh, Zion Logue is another great defensive tackle. And then they got linebackers back there. They're just rangy headhunters in that middle of the field. And Jamin Dumas-Johnson, Smell Munden, and then Michael Williams, a defensive end, that have really held down that defense front and stopped the run for Georgia as they are first in the country. They're the best team in the country at stopping the run. Uh, they're 49th in passing yards allowed, and they have talent back there. Obviously, Kelly Ringo was a first-round pick at corner after the season, assuming 
Um, he declares and goes from there. And then Malachi Starks uh, as well out there. Christopher Smith has been a, a stud for this Georgia secondary, but Killy Ringo and Malachi Starks looked a little lost against LSU. Don't fault them a whole lot for that. Jaden Daniels, Kayshawn Boutte, uh, neighbors out there for LSU are really good wide receivers. That being said, Jaden Daniels and, and company is not like C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Emeka Buka, that trio of, of quarterback to wide receiver. They're only 77th in sacks for the year, so a little bit below average, and that production dipped when edge rusher Nolan Smith was lost for the season. So they don't get to the quarterback a whole lot, but they're so sturdy at all levels of their defense, especially stopping her, especially that front seven. It's arguably the best in the country, probably is the best in the country. But on the flip side, when Georgia has the ball, they're eighth in total offense, 17th in rushing offense, right? They've got a absolute stable of running backs back there. They probably have, I think Georgia has the best depth at running back and, and depth with great players in the entire country. I think Ohio State could rival it if Trayvon Henderson was healthy with Henderson, Williams, and Hayden. Georgia has the best depth with some of the best players out there. Kenny McIntosh, 709 yards, 10 touchdowns. Dejuan Edwards, 681 yards, seven touchdowns. Kendall Milton, 533 yards, six touchdowns. And then Stetson Bennett, uh, not a whole lot of yards on the ground, but seven rushing touchdowns. And we all know he has the rushing ability, which is one thing that Ohio State's going to have to contain. They're 19th in passing offense. Numbers go are, are higher than I think some people expected. Stetson Bennett obviously leads that charge, a Heisman finalist, 3,400 yards, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions, very efficient, 68% completion rate. Uh, his top receivers, and this is the order, uh, and it's it's key because we'll talk about this here in a little bit, how Ohio State can cover this and, and look at it on defense. Brock Bowers, the nation's best tight end, in my opinion. Him and Michael Mayer up there for that argument. I think Brock Bowers is probably the best. 726 yards, six touchdowns. Then Ladd McConkey, 675 yards, five touchdowns. That's why it's key for him to hopefully be available for the Georgia Bulldogs because he is their only receiver, peer receiver, that has more than 500 yards uh, receiving and that has that many touchdowns. Kenny McIntosh is third on that list, 449 yards receiving with one touchdown. He's another dynamic pass-catching running back, uh, but a pass-catching option for Stetson Bennett. Darnell Washington, we talked about a little bit, 6'7", behemoth at tight end, who's got 417 yards and two touchdowns, and then A.D. Mitchell. Again, we if he's healthy in that lineup, which it sounds like he's going to be, that's another key piece for Georgia to have on offense. And then they're only second in sacks allowed. So similar to Ohio State, they – um, don't let Stetson Bennett, they don't let Ohio State doesn't let CJ Stroud get hit. It keys into why a lot of these guys are getting theirs in terms of yardage, in terms of touchdowns and things like that. On the flip side, uh, when Ohio State hat is on defense against Georgia, they are 11th in total defense of the country. And I think a lot of Georgia fans, you might be shaking your head at this. Um, you probably watched Ohio State last year, watched the Rose Bowl, which was a great game, watched the Michigan game this year where their defense did not hold up. What I will tell you is this. Ohio State's defense is significantly better. Don't judge them completely based off the Michigan game. They are much better in the front seven. And dare I say, this will be the this will be arguably the best defense that Georgia has played all year. Kentucky could make that argument as well. I think this will be the best defense Georgia has played. It's led by Jim Knowles, who's a wizard in the in the world of college football when it comes to designing defenses, drawing up different schemes, different blitzes ways to run. You saw at Oklahoma State, you've seen it throughout this year. 
their 11th total defense, 25th in rushing defense, led by linebacker Tommy Eichenberg. He's got 112 tackles, two and a half sacks, really stepped up his play, struggled a ton in 2021, and has stepped it up completely, turned it around and become one of the nation's best linebackers. Leighton Ransom, a safety, he's the Swiss Army knife for Ohio State. You'll see him drop down into that hybrid linebacker safety look, drop back in coverage. He is one of the bright spots in the secondary, and there have not been a whole lot. And then linebacker Steel Chambers, former converted running back, started playing linebacker last year. You could see his progression come a little bit in 2021, and now you really see it this year. He's playing really well with 70 tackles and one and a half sacks. They're 16th in passing yards allowed. What I will say is that Ohio State's big play weaknesses all stem from the secondary, in my opinion. Ohio State doesn't get beat across the middle when it comes to big plays, uh, in the passing game at least. Uh, running game, we saw that against Michigan, it happens. But they beat, they get beat in those one-on-one matchups in the secondary, which, again, why I think is why it's key for Ladd McConkey to be back for Georgia and for Brock Bowers to get out of that middle of the field, which I think he's more than capable because he's a freak athlete. But – the interesting stat to look at for Ohio State, which I think could be a determining factor in this game, is Ohio State is number two in the country in the advanced stats in pass coverage versus running backs and tight ends. Where does Georgia get the majority of their receiving production from? Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, Kenny McIntosh. Those are three of their top four re- receiving threats. Lad McConkey's there. If McConkey isn't there, yes, they have A.D. Mitchell. Yes, they have others uh, on the outside at receiver, but – I say it's number two in the country in advanced stats at covering running backs, tight ends, and pass coverage. They're they're 105th or 110th, somewhere in that range. So they're bottom of the barrel in terms of coveraging cover pass coverage versus wide receivers. Mainly, you see big plays against Michigan. You saw it against Maryland. You saw it against Penn State. Um, you just see breakdowns in the secondary that. I don't know if it's lack of talent because it's the same guys that were there last year. Yes, who struggled, but still Denzel Burke who's back there, who was a first team, uh, or one of the earned, earned big 10 honors last year and was an all big 10 freshman team member at corner. Uh, Cam Brown's back there as well. So they have all the talent in the world. They've just struggled uh, mightily in that area. And then the 31st and sacks, I think Ohio state and Georgia on the defensive line are very, very similar. They're all highly recruited, recruited four and five star recruits. They are all super able uh, pass rushers. I think Georgia kind of stops the buck in terms of run, run stoppage. They are just behemoth sometimes at the defensive line that stopped the run. Ohio State hasn't recruited that completely. Still guys that can stop the run. But for Ohio State defensive end, Jack Sawyer, Zach Harris, and JT Tuomoyowell are kind of the headliners for that defensive end group. They all have the ability. Georgia fans, go back and watch the Penn State game if you want to see JT Tuomoyowell's uh, kind of ceiling. That's the ceiling he can play to. And then defense tackle Michael Hall and Tyreek Williams are two that are really good at rushing the passer. Michael Hall, especially, he's been banged up a little bit, uh, banged up a little bit in the season, but looks like he's going to be fully healthy for this game. Uh, when we look at some of the determining factors for this game, this is where I think we really get into the interesting pieces and parts. Let's start with Ohio State first because they're the underdog, they're the four seed, they're the touchdown underdog. You ask some questions. On the offensive side, is Ohio State finally going to empty the clip when it comes to their offensive play calling, their offensive production? The bubble screens against Michigan, the pop passes to a tight end where you rely on wide receivers to block or you rely on the tight end to block or stretch zone plays when it's third and three instead of isolating Marvin Harrison. 
or not airing it out sometimes across the middle to Marvin Harrison or Mecca Buka. Are we going to stop seeing that? Is Ohio State going to unload the clip on offense and be free-spirited and just drop the bomb when it comes to uh, calling plays on offense? We'll see if Ryan Day does that. Will C.J. Stroud show his running ability? Folks, C.J. Stroud's first career touch on Ohio State is a 50-yard touchdown run. He is no Braxton Miller. He is no Justin Fields. He is no J.T. Barrett when it comes to running the ball. Those, those guys were true dual-threat quarterbacks. The difference is that C.J. Stroud has the ability to run. He's not Setson Bennett who's running, who can run the ball super well, but he has the ability to run, and it's there quite often in the run game, in the, in the, in the read game when it comes to zone or even power read. He's got to pull the ball a couple times to get some key first downs or key chunk yards when the time comes. Can Ohio State have some sort of balance when it comes to the run game? I think Ohio State fans would be lying to ourselves if we'd say that we know we can run the ball and throw the ball at an even clip and we'll be the best at it. We'll, that will be the most successful by doing that. Even if it wasn't playing Georgia, we all kind of know what Ohio State is. We are a pass-heavy team. There's nothing wrong with that. I know a lot of people, older style of college football and football in general, want to see run the ball first, establish the alignment, former offensive alignment. I, I love seeing that. But today's day and age is a little different. And when you have the players and talent that Ohio State does, got to throw the ball first. They're a throw-first team. But can they establish any semblance of run game, or is it going to be nothing, nothing, nothing against Georgia this whole time? On the defensive side, can the secondary hold up to the big playability of Georgia's offense? They cannot allow Stetson Bennett to throw the ball for 50-yard completions. They cannot allow Brock Bowers to get jump ball situations and get beat by those jump ball situations against their shorter corners or Darnell Washington or whatever it may be. And then really curious about this, how does Jim Knowles adjust his scheme and his style to how the game is progressing? I don't think he did a good job doing that against Michigan. I don't, I think he took some unnecessary steps. He was a little too stubborn. And so I think he's going to have to adjust based off how the game is going or when Ohio state struggles or shows weaknesses in certain areas that George is exploiting or could exploit. He's going to have to make changes. For Georgia, can Stetson Bennett make those big-time plays with his arms? We, we looked at the advanced stats. Ohio State's number two in the country at covering running backs and tight ends and pass coverage, but very, very bad when it comes to covering receivers and pass coverage. If those options from Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington and Kenny McIntosh are taken away across the middle and it forces Bennett to either use his legs, which you know he can, but to specifically make big-time throws down the field, Will he do that if Ohio State's corners are playing good coverage, if they're not getting beat, if their technique is better than last game? If it's not better than last game, Stetson Bennett's going to tear you apart. Georgia fans, you know this. He can do that. He's experienced. He's a winner. He's full of grit. He's going to make those throws, right? Uh, how much havoc is Jalen Carter going to cause against Ohio State's offensive line? This is kind of the thing I was prefacing earlier. The two best players in college football are playing in this game. Yes, I know the Heisman was given to Caleb Williams. Yes, I know C.J. Stroud went to the Heisman. Uh, trophy presentation. So did Max Duggan. So did uh, Stetson Bennett. The two best players in college football are in this game, and that's Jalen Carter and that's Marvin Harrison Jr. Jalen Carter is a bit more of a game wrecker, in my opinion, because uh, for Marvin Harrison to succeed, a few things have to happen. It has to be a good throw, good enough throw. Has to be uh, he's got to be in good enough position. Sometimes he makes incredible throws where he's not great position or the defensive backs in great position over him, but Jalen Carter can just wreck the game by himself. And we've seen him do it. We see him, saw him do it against Tennessee, seen him do it, do it throughout his career. He is probably the best player in college football. And Ohio State's got to have a plan to, to, to not let him create havoc 
because if he does, it will stop everything in the run and pass game. I promise you. Um, how many big plays can they generate on offense, whether it's with Stetson Bennett or in the run game? We saw Ohio State get gashed by Michigan with Donovan where it's late in the game. Can Ohio State generate, or excuse me, can Georgia generate those big time plays on offense? And then can Georgia's secondary stop the big plays from Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka? Folks, I, I'm not understating it when I tell you this. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver and the best offensive player in the country. And Mecca Buka has over 1,000 yards and almost 10 touchdowns. He'd be the number one receiver on every single team in the country that's not named Ohio State and a handful of others. He's that good. They have other guys too, Julian Fleming, Xavier Johnson, who are in the sideline but are good players as well. But those two guys, Georgia has to limit the big plays. This is not Tennessee's offense, right? Tennessee has a similar build-in offense with Hennon Hooker being – he was a prolific quarterback, uh, receivers that were that were that had all the ability on the planet. Ohio State's a different animal. They do different, more complex things in their play calling, their schemes. You could ask any defense coordinator out there. The, the routes and the ability and, and the different styles and tempos that they have alone would cause problems. But with the talent from Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Buka, C.J. Stroud, Cade Stover – Georgia has to limit those big time plays. They have to, especially from those two, because if they don't, it could turn into a shootout. And in a shootout, you never know what happens when it comes to CJ Stroud versus Stetson Bennett. Defense is holding up, whatever it may be. Uh, the biggest question, a determining factor, in my opinion, though, is does Ohio State play true to their talent level? That's the biggest question. Forget all the stats, forget all the analytics, forget all the numbers, forget whatever else you want to think about. Does Ohio State play up to their talent level, their true talent level? There are only four teams in the country that can say this, that are that say they are the most talented teams in the country, and there's a line that's drawn in the sand in terms of talent. That's Georgia, that's Alabama, that's Clemson, that's Ohio State. The way they've been recruiting, the way they've been developing, and the way they've been pumping to the NFL draft, those four teams are the most talented teams year in and year out in college football. There's no debate on that. Michigan's a really good team. They've got players coming up uh, that have developed. Well, they've got great players, first-round picks, all pros potentially in the future, and they'll get better better and better recruiting classes. But those four teams are the most talented teams in the country. And if Ohio State plays up to their talent, right, then they can match Georgia. Then they think this game is even, or dare I say Ohio State could and should win this game if they play up to their talent. Because truly, I believe if both teams, Georgia and Ohio State, are playing to their 110% max potential of their talent, I think Ohio State's the better team. I truly do believe that. If they don't, if Georgia comes out at 100% and Ohio State comes out at 80%, I don't know if this game can stay close. If Georgia comes out at 75% and Ohio State plays on defense in the secondary the same way they did against Michigan, I think Georgia covers. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to get give a pick in this because I am an Ohio State fan. I am on the, the Big Ten takeover, but not, not because of that. I'm not going to give a score prediction uh, because I don't really know what my prediction will be right now. This has very similar vibes to me of when I watched Ohio State uh, in 2014, the first college ball playoff, play Alabama, the vaunted team. No respect was given to Ohio State. In fact, it was all disrespect. It wasn't just no respect. It was all disrespect. And the Buckeyes heard that. Now, it was different guys back then, different team, different head coach with a different culture. But there's been a lot of disrespect towards Ohio State, and rightfully so. They got 
destroyed. They, they got embarrassed by Michigan. They didn't get destroyed, but they got embarrassed again by Michigan. And so this has the same feeling as that game. I am not going to give a score prediction because, again, I don't know what I think it'll be yet. What I'll say is this. My prediction in general is this. I think the most likely options, two options, are one, Georgia wins and wins big. They cover the spread or Ohio State wins. I don't think there's much in between. Of course, it could happen. It's the college football playoffs. It's two of the best and most talented teams in the country. It could be a close Georgia win. It could be a close Ohio State win. Whatever. I, I think the the most likely two options, either Georgia covers and covers big by 10 to 14 to 20 points, or Ohio State wins the game. Don't know which one of those will happen. Don't know if it's somewhere in between, but that's my gut feeling. Before we head out and end this, if you aren't aware already, we are partnered with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Use the promo code TAKEOVER for 100% instant deposit match up to $100. It's got an easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, for all your entries that you can win up to 10 times uh, your entry amount up to, and entries made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. So, again, use the promo code TAKEOVER for 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, if you haven't hit the subscribe button, go subscribe. I'm super excited about this game. Really hope it's a good one. It has potential to not be, but we will see. Um, It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. For the network, uh, for the show, I'm Donovan White, and I will see you all next time.